Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the season wrap-up episode of the Podcastianos presented by Martin Supermarkets. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who knows her thing or two about an 18-foot python. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how have you been? I am doing good. I am doing as well as the circumstances will allow. You know, I don't know if you know it, but there's a little little turbulence in our society these days. But otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I I don't know much. uh, I haven't wrangled any pythons lately. I mean, so to speak. But I I feel like you're going someplace with this. I am. We'll we'll get there in a few. So obviously, it's been what? (laughs) probably a month since we've spoke something like that since the season ended Mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. a moment been a minute uh been watching any playoff baseball been watching any world series you know hardly i watched a little bit of one game but you know i'm a loyalist if it's not the detroit tigers or the world series i'll probably pick up a little bit here the world series i kind of skim over a lot of it are you uh interested in this specific matchup who do we have we have the rays and the dodgers so is this a little bit framed as David versus Goliath? I feel like it's almost old school and new school. Not that the Dodgers are specifically old school, but I mean okay. the Rays have are so analytics forward. And I read somewhere, and this this could be completely inaccurate. I'm I'm not sure, but that Mookie Betts makes more by himself than the entire Rays twenty six man, something like that. So it's less David and Goliath versus like Carnegie versus some peasants or something like that the rich yeah, versus I, the poor that that's probably the first andrew carnegie mention that we've we've had on this show probably probably won't be the last you know i'm just big into the gilded age references as much as i can <laughs> so anyway let's get back to the 18 foot python um, why wouldn't we why would did you so I, i'm assuming you didn't see this story no i yeah I, I know you're big into animals is this a local story I mean, are, are pythons normally 18 feet? I have so many questions. Okay, so here's the story. Apparently, two snake hunters down in the Everglades. This is a thing? Okay. Caught an 18-foot, 9-inch Burmese python. It was like just 30 miles west of Miami in, in the Everglades. 
Okay. It's a, that, it's a it's a record. That's the biggest Burmese python ever ever recorded. Well, shouldn't, uh, are, shouldn't the Burmese pythons be in Burma? Yes, that that that's the point. That's why they hunt them. They're an invasive species that oh. apparently people let go in the Everglades when they are pets, and oh. they can no longer maintain. A it's a little more exciting snake. invasive species than like a zebra mussel, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is also massively wreaking havoc on the Everglades. Apparently, they eat. There's, there's lots of these. Yes, it's become a huge problem. They actually have uh, hunting contests at sure. certain times of the year, um, this obviously being the biggest one. But they actually eat Florida panthers, too. There's nothing in what? the Everglades ecosystem that, that can top them. So they're the apex predator in an ecosystem that is not their own. They're, they're a massive, massive problem. This is a huge snake. Huge snake. snake. Like this one is 18 foot nine inches, which is obviously a record, but they cut like it's it's normally a pretty big snake. I mean, what else are they eating? I mean, they can't just eat fill up on panthers. They must be eating what alligators. They have, they have gators. They have, you know, rabbits, deer, all of your yeah. normal uh, snake fair woodland. Yes, yeah. snake <laughs> fair. Exactly. But nothing preys on them. They and I'm given to know that a, a female can have like hundreds of thousands of eggs over the course of their lifetime like it's it's becoming just this huge huge issue in the everglades so um are you going to join up with a posse and going out to hunt these things i could never kill an animal even even one like this who i know is a problem i i still couldn't do it could you oh for sure for, <laughs> i'm not i'm not getting up to it with like uh, a, a s'more fork but like to shoot it with a gun or something if they're an invasive species yeah whack them and stack them man but wiggles so, it's down are you are you in in general afraid of snakes uh, like i'm afraid of the initial startling once i see a snake like oh it's a snake and i do get that little bit of jump but once i've established it's a snake and i know where it is i'm not like afraid of it Okay, I can, I can actually feel pretty much the same way. Like I, I would, would I'll put it. I'll frame it a, a different way for you. If there was one in your front yard that was controlling the turkey population, oh would yeah, you, I'd I'd hire a Burmese python if it feasted on nothing but turkeys. I saw more. I I saw more turkeys today. Driving me nuts. They're in my yard. One was like laying down in my grass in the front yard, like he owned the place. It's Stupid. starting to be turkey season. I mean, this is their time of year. This is their time to shine. They could all perish. I I need to hire a few pythons. Last last thing on this list. Uh, there's a photo <laughs> of the two guys that hunted this snake, and they are exactly the two people that you would think go yep. to the Everglades in Florida and hunt snakes. Uh, facial hair. Um, yes, definitely no sleeves yeah. on their shirts. Definitely a little greasy. Not. Yeah. Um, they appear to, to look like they, they live on monster energy drink alone, maybe with a little bit of cocaine mixed in hard to tell. Um, so who from the world, the baseball world would you want at your side out in the Everglades snake hunting? Well, uh, maybe somebody slower and maybe somebody that would choke a Python. So maybe like Prince Fielder something like that interesting Bartolo Colon Bartolo yeah somebody who somebody who's going to be a um a tough swallow for the old python (laughs) they are uh constrictors they're not poisonous 
I don't know if that changes anything. <laughs> You're just full of snake facts. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? What's the difference between a python and an anaconda? I think they're, I think they both are constrictors. So I'm assuming yeah. not a lot. Mm. I mean, they're just different kinds. The same thing as a poodle and a corgi. I mean, they're both dogs. Sure. So uh, who are you snake hunting with? Uh, from overall baseball world, I'd say Brett Laurie or maybe Josh Donaldson. Okay. Both of them feel like they they know their way around the Everglades, and also um, possibly Alex Wilson from from Tiger's realm. Sure. I yeah, he that. he looks the part. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Eric Eric Wayne's brain. The show is at Podcastianos on the Instagram. Same for both Eric and the show, and I am at Jordinio4, and you can also find us on Facebook. And we'd love it if you would take the time, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Um, If you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, send it to us, and we'll read it out on the next show, which at this point is TBD, because as you guys well know, it is the offseason. We'll get a little lazy. We're, we're, it's not even laziness, it's hibernation. You know, we're bulking up like the fat bears, you know, and they show pictures. It's an animal-themed show. You know, we're, we're pre- preparing for our long winter's nap. I'd, I'd argue that most of our shows are animal-themed shows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Janos. Okay, Eric, we are now, by my calculations, about one month on from our fearless leader, Ron Gardenhire, stepping down. And we seem to be no closer to a new manager than we were at the time. There's been a lot of names bandied about. I have three different categories. Have you been bandying? Do you bandy a lot? I I bandy all the time. Bandy on the the daily. That's good to to bandy. I'm surprised that you're not a bigger bandier. What what other context do we use the word bandy? I don't know that there's any. Is it bandy? Bandy? I don't know. Uh, This is the kind of thing that (laughs) I usually come to you on. Well, let's continue bandying and uh, go move ahead. So there's three categories. First of all, you have the cheaters, A.J. Hinch and Alex yes. Cora. You yes. have the familiar names, yes. Donnie, George Lombard, Marcus Timms, and Lloyd McClendon. Yes. And the third category is Royals bench coach Pedro Griffall because I couldn't really find how to put him in any other category. Um, how are, are you the, putting George Lombard in the familiar category? Oh, because he played for the Tigers? He played for the Tigers. Okay, yeah. sure. Okay. I, I mean, it. I'm not saying that I'm real familiar with him, but I, I had heard the name, unlike Pedro Griffal. Okay. okay. Uh, so are these appropriate labels, or is it simply a expensive versus inexpensive thing? Um, I, I think you're, you're, you've nailed it pretty much. I would have said... Um, yeah, I would have put the cheater. Yeah, well, you have the cheaters separate. I would have put I put Don Kelly and Marcus Thames in kind of like a recent favorites category. Okay. And McClendon almost in a category unto himself because I feel like he's got a lot of Tigers mileage and I feel like we're a little fatigued with him. I definitely would agree with that statement speaking on the Tigers fandom collective. Can you imagine the collective kind of indifferent groan if we hire Lloyd McClendon? We would want to burn everything to the ground. It's it would be like why, why why bother? Yeah, 
Agreed. Uh, okay, so let's let's go through each of the categories uh, on their own. AJ sure. Hinge and Alex Cora. Uh, I feel like we got into this a little bit on the last show, but it's been a month. We both have time to process. How do you feel about the idea of bringing in one of the quote unquote cheaters? Uh, I'm. I said last episode that I'd be okay with it. I I still kind of am okay with it. I don't. If you hired either one of these guys. I, I'd probably want Hinch just because he's seen the inner workings and Hey, if we're going to cheat and do it, let's do it right. You know, full send. Um, I'd, I'd be okay with it, but I, I guess I'd prefer a little more morality. I, I agree. And I, I, I feel like I go back and forth on if this is just the, the millennial in me, because I'm the same way with like Harbaugh and Jawan Howard. Like I really don't care how much they actually win. As long as they're putting on a team I can be proud of, feel good about rooting for each Saturday or, you know, whatever days the basketball team plays, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like that's how I normally come down as far as how I like my teams. But mm-hmm. the whole cheating thing with, with the bangs and all, all that kind of stuff, like I, at this point, have a really hard time getting too up in arms about it. Like there's so many worse things going on in this world right now. Like, stealing signs and all this stuff like i don't know i'm not sure that it would bother me too much if we had one of them i feel like the 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 hinge thing is a little bit less on the nose than cora i feel like you know i i didn't dive into the story super lot but mm-hmm. i feel like cora was kind of at the center of it and aj hinch was okay. maybe more of a you know i'm not gonna stop it type of manager as opposed to like actively you know coming up with this in which case, I don't, I don't know if that matters, but I think that's a distinction to make. Um, but you're right. A.J. Hinch has, I'm not going to say that we're in the same position that the Astros were in when, when he took over because they had not only arms but also bats. We're maybe in a little different state. Um, but, you know, we're, we're approaching respectability again, and he's gone through that process. All right. So let's hum- humor me a second. Humor me a second. So I have identified five characteristics that are favorable in a manager and i just want to run these characteristics by and to see if they kind of fit so my characteristics in a manager are one i want somebody who's fairly uh saber savvy okay metrics knows the cutting edge can can read a spreadsheet even maybe right (laughs) two i want somebody who's got good i'm going to call it social emotional strength so this is somebody with good rapport, somebody who's not going to make it a, a mistake with the grinding of a season. Three, I want somebody who ideally is bilingual. We have a lot of Spanish-speaking players on our team. I think As that's do just, all baseball teams at this point. I think point. that's a super strong asset to be able to communicate on that level. Um, four, and this is big in Al Avila's camp. He said this a lot. He wants somebody with experience. We do not want any more Osmi, osmosis, if you will. Uh, and finally, this is just Eric talking, but maybe somebody with some ethics. Yeah, I, okay. I would agree with that. So th- looking at the five categories, I think Hinch has experience, the saber savvy. I don't think he's bilingual, but um, he's got some good social emotional strength to he's he's shown he's going to get through a season ethics. Eh. Eh. So Agreed. same, same with Alex Carr, and but I mean, I'm a little leery of wading into the ethics 
on somebody off of what we've read on the okay. internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not I'm not saying that he that he's clean by by any stretch. Obviously, I, I just say I don't know, and I'm not maybe going to uh, to go all in on him being unethical just because. Anyway, continue. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, my rubric for evaluation of these guys. I feel like anything beyond your five kind of just falls in the category of things that all manager candidates are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all manager candidates are capable of more or less running a ball game. They all have deep, intense right. baseball, not like... Right. I mean, everybody is going to... Um know what plays to put on by or large, uh, you know, when, when the book calls for it, it's the, yeah. it's the saber savvy part that might nudge the book in a different direction. Yeah. I want them you know to I mean have the book, right? The, yeah. I want them to yeah. have knowledge that we don't, whereas I feel right. like most of the things that we just mentioned are, are stuff that us, you, you know, every listener yeah. out there knows you want somebody yeah. with more than that. Yeah, you want everybody's grandpa knows the appropriate move you're supposed to make. You want somebody who goes beyond grandpa knowledge. Yes. I'm All right. So that. let's move on to the next category. Yes. The familiar names. Donnie. Let's start with him. The one that most uh, energy around. Yes. He has no. He, the the biggest knock on him is he has very little experience. He's the youngest of the candidates. He. Um, I can't speak to his sabermetric credentials, but he, to me, you're running the risk of osmosing again, just because he's so fresh. I'd agree with that, but I don't think that run going the osmos route once and getting burned on it means that every time you go down that route, you're going to continue to get burned. I get burned. it. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying once again that Donnie isn't going to burn us there, but um, you know, I've said this a million times. We thought we were getting something different with Osmus than what we really did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like you say, Donnie has never done an interview about his views on analytics. Right. I would say the same about you know Lombard, Marcus Timms, etc. With any of these guys that are stepping up a level, we're not really going to know what we're getting. Right. Except for with Donnie, you know he is the nicest guy on the planet. Well, I I think he's got enough uh, inner fortitude to kind of this social emotional strength kind of thing to get through an entire season without making any real uh, gaffes with the media, with being able to relate with his players in a in a good level. I don't think he's going to be a light a fund fire under their butts kind of guy, but I think he would be a good presence in a to lead a team and be a good presence in the clubhouse and it all depends on what you want if you if you are wanting somebody to light a fire under players i, I don't know that he's the right choice right. i'm not sure if that is necessary specifically for the the young guys that we have right um and some of the veterans you know Mickey's seen it all he isn't going to have a fire lit under him by any manager at this point it's all yeah i mean he's self-motivation he yeah do you think there's a lot of similarities between don kelly and marcus thames actually you know recent tigers graduates have been you know first base coach bench coaches for other teams and both um, guys that weren't enormously gifted obviously marcus right? had you know country strength 
Right. But other than that, he wasn't, uh, you know, a great superstar kind of guy. These are guys that uh, that grinded their way up. I'm assuming based on on intelligence a lot of the time. Role Uh, players. I think it's fair to say. I mean, they were not catchers. They were not. (laughs) Except for one game, obviously. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, normally you think managers, you know, catchers or, you know, somebody 90% are, of the time. Yeah. Right. So I think it's kind of fascinating that they've kind of bumped along and worked their way up to the point where they're being manager candidates. Yeah, definitely. Um, and moving on to Lombard and Griefall, I, I genuinely don't know the first thing about either of them. So Lombard is the Dodgers first base coach. He's fairly young, 45 years old, played for the Tigers in 02. Obviously, outfielder. He's obviously being with the Dodgers. Now they're in their World Series. I mean, he's played he's be he's with big names and a fairly successful club. Um yeah, I, otherwise I don't know a ton about him. Pedro Grafal is the Royals bench coach. He is a Cuban American. He is bilingual. Um, obviously, the Royals have not had the same recent success as the Dodgers, um, but he almost got the San Francisco Giants job last year, and that's and kind of caught some people's attention. Normally, I would say that's a great thing, except for they ended up going with Gabe Kapler, who I wouldn't necessarily put down as, as a favorite of, of my own, so I'm not sure that I necessarily trust their judgment anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah. So three other names I saw, I think it was in a um, Free Press article, Will Venable. I don't That's know much about. Vance Sandy. Wilson is an old friend, catcher, former Tiger, been around the block, uh, and Mike Redmond. He's, he was the manager in Miami, Miami I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody with some experience. Who is Will Venable again? Wasn't he a manager for I believe he was he was an outfielder in San Diego for a couple of years. Oh okay. kind of power power speed guy wasn't actually very good, but Okay. You know, a toolsy power speed outfielder. Right. Um so what are the chances that our next manager will be one of the next uh, one of these ten people that we named? That's a pretty high. Yeah, it's a, probably ninety-five percent chance it's one of these ten names. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So, what's sticking out to me is that this is a hugely wide array of options and profiles. Right. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does that say we are examining all the options, or does that say we have no idea what we want? Because I feel like it could go either way, and I have my assumptions based on the front office. Well, just because somebody's name has been bandied or bandied about doesn't mean that they're – because I only think three of these guys were interviewed. I think Lloyd, Donnie, and Lombard were the only ones for sure interviewed. And also you got to keep in mind the Red Sox and the White Sox both need managers too. And they're going to have their pick before us. Exactly. So you may have to go with your third option. Which I still don't know that we would have picked whoever would have been one and two for other, for normal teams yeah, anyway. I get, it. I get it. But yeah, it's the White Sox right. is the best job, isn't it? Easy, yeah, for sure. That's a good Honestly, job. I'm not sure that we're a we're a worse job than Boston right now because right. you have all the Boston pressure without any of the Boston um, 
Yeah. You know, the White Sox is a really good job. I mean, people should be clamoring for that job. And yet they want to go with Tony La Russa, classic White Sox. <laughs> it's like pulling out Phil Jackson out of retirement just when you're about to. He might actually be a better choice than Tony La Russa. <laughs> what do we just call uh, Skip back? If they're getting La Russa, you know Jim Leland is going to go chum it up with his buddy Tony. He, he, he's, he's gotten some sun. Bring back Jim. In all seriousness. Jim or the field here, if you had to pick. Oh, I'd take Jim Leland in a heartbeat. I, I, I love Jim I mean, Leland. I, I think he is the best option here. All right, so oh, yeah, I'm putting for sure. I'm putting you on the spot here. And who knows when the next time we record is. We may or may not uh, talk again before we name. Who is the next Tigers manager? I think it's going to be George Lombard. All right. I am going to stick with what I said about a month ago. I, I do think it's going to be Donnie. I don't know that it's going to be a success. But I think it's going to be Donnie. I'd be stunned if they hired Don Kelly as the manager. Not, not a lot that would stun me that coming from this free uh, this front office anymore. All right. All right. Uh, so we will undoubtedly feature some new faces, not just in the dugout uh, this season, but also on the field. Last winter, we actually did okay with our free agent signings of Crone, Scope, Romine. Won't talk about the pitchers. Um, it seems like we'll likely go back to your uh, mid-level free agent well, yeah. uh, the one to two war guys that, that worked out pretty well this year. Um, what holes do you see needing to uh, be plugged this offseason? Well, don't we need a power-hitting corner outfielder yet? That we definitely do. Um, we need a, I would say, a journeyman starting pitcher completely agree kind of an Ivan Nova but a little better but anyone else than Ivan Nova right <laughs> yep um I think we need a stopgap infielder like the Jonathan Scope type okay I didn't have that on my list but I can certainly maybe, see why you would maybe not maybe we can get through um and don't we need a catcher we definitely need a catcher I actually have down two outfielders because the only outfielder I'm rolling with for next year is uh, Victor Reyes. How about Jacoby? Jacoby can be in the mix, but we still need two. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any getting around that. Okay. I have a, I have a left-handed one for sure and just two in general. All right. Uh, do you have any names for starting pitchers that you, you're interested in? No. I never, All right, I have, I, I have a few. Okay, so this is this is kind of my ball of wax here. Um, some undervalued starting pitchers that I, I think could actually do a job for us. Let's start with Anthony Desclafani. Uh, he was on a one-year $6 million deal with Cincinnati this past year. Um, did not pitch very well this year, but his ex-fips in the years prior were 3.8, 3.97, 3.99, 3.86. He just had a little bit of arm trouble this year. Um, yeah, give me that guy all day long. Uh, Michael Waka, I feel like we've seen his name, once again, bandied about quite a bit this offseason. He feels like a natural fit. Michael Waka. Waka. <laughs> Didn't he win uh, the World Series with what? Uh, St. Louis? St. Louis, yeah. Uh, he, he was not very good in New York this year. But to be fair, who is good with the Mets? Nobody is good yeah. with the Mets other than Jacob deGrom. I'm giving him a pass. I would take him. Guy that could catch a little little fire in, in a bottle. That's not the phrase. Lightning catch in the, the bottle. Catch the fire in the bottle. <laughs> um, I would take him, and I also have Kevin Gosman on my list. He'd be a little more expensive, and I don't see us, you know, 
stomping up that cash. But if we did, um, he's had a, a tantalizing career. And, you know, we always make players better. So maybe we're the team that he <laughs> finally puts it together with. How do you yep. feel about my list? I, th- I think it's brilliant. They're Never all better. in the, I would assume, three to five million dollar per year. Um, yep. We need one of those right. kind of guys to put with the kids. Yeah, definitely. Um, and all three have had decently long careers. They've been through the grinds. I mean, I don't know. Good good veterans ha- to have around. All right, let's move on to outfielders. Any outfielders you have your eye on? No. All right, first one, I want Jock Peterson. I've been saying this for oh, years. Okay. Big Jock Peterson guy, power-hitting lefty. You don't have to play him against left-handed starting pitchers. Uh, he was earning uh, $7.75 million this year. But only hit, I want to say, a buck ninety during the regular season. But has started to put to, started to put it together in the playoffs. You know who he is. He mashes right-handed pitching. Is Jock Peterson? Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume he'll be somewhere between eight and ten million dollars. That'd be in the the scope CJ Crone range. I mean, it's it's a natural fit if we can get him. Will we get him? Probably not. Let's see who else do I have on my list. Robbie Grossman, moving out west. Uh, left-handed corner outfielder. He had a bit of a resurgence this year with the athletics. To be fair, the athletics make a lot of guys good and we make a lot of guys bad. That is just a fact. Um, but dude hit 252 this past year. Um, four, excuse me, 1.3 wins above replacement over the course of 51 games. That's not a bad rate. That's not a bad rate. Um, some pop, some speed. I mean, he probably hit four for us. <laughs> wow. And my stay woke one here, J.D. Martinez. Yes. He's only 33, can opt out of his remaining two years. He was abysmal this past year. Okay, explain this contract situation to me. Why would he, uh, he can opt out, but why would he? If he I just sucks, have 10 why would he want to stay I wonder paid? if that was a club opt out. Well, if it's a cl- yeah, if it's a club option, you cut them loose this is the kind of research that i wish that i had done a little bit more specific ahead of the show so if it is a club opt-out then i'm i'm definitely in on the stay woke train i I do think there's a chance he comes back if it's a player option he's taking that cash because he was not good yeah got it um any outfielders you want no i already asked you that all right and catcher i think we're gonna bring austin romine back yeah that would make some sense to me yeah you don't think you're not buying the uh real muto big money spend job i don't think we're spending real money this off season do you probably not i would be i would be very surprised if we spent actual money this off season but i think we could use some of the zimmerman money to like i said buy these two war players i do think that we need a pudge you know you know when pudge came in pudge and maglio kind of signified all right we're we're gonna go i i do think we need a signing like that but it and might maybe be bring it, away. Yeah, maybe bringing JD back would be that move. I don't know. Um, but I, I just don't see it for this year. Got it. But that's that's just me. I've done okay. a lot of talking. I'm going to ask you some questions now. Um, so this is the season wrap-up episode. Yep. Um, let's go back and hand out some awards. Uh, reward some of the players that made this season fun and one that um, maybe we won't remember for um, baseball reasons, but it, it was certainly a memorable season all things considered uh let's start with mvp who was your tigers mvp for the 2020 season to me it was jamer candelario 
the best hitter on our team overall that was the most um you know who who strung out a performance over a, a, an amount of time some power hit for average really had a after his first week or two had a breakout situation um every time he came to the plate late in the season you feel like he could have do some damage i really like jamer and i'm i'm happy for him so he's my mvp unfortunately for our purposes uh ditto jamer i that one's not overly debatable i, I wouldn't say uh you know i i think only unless you're going to take some of the smaller sample size guys but otherwise i think it's it's jamer Scope's probably the only other one in the con- in the uh, conversation. All right, Cy Young. Our Cy Young, you know, there's there's like a, this is sample size a little bit. We had a couple of relievers who did you know kind of rate wise really good performances. You know, guys like um, Cisneros and Brian Garcia, but we needed somebody to carry some starter freight for us. So I I did take Spencer Turnbull. Once again, not good for our purposes. I took Turnbull as well. Yeah, even even Tyler Alexander, he had a pretty good year. Um, but traditionally, you know, you give the Cy Young to a starter, starting yep. pitcher. So I did. Um, all right, best you could rookie. make a case for Daniel Norris, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that, definitely. And whoever would have said that after the last couple of years and all the abuse he took on the internet. Right, exactly. Pitching-wise, not personally. Nobody attacks him personally. They always just say, uh, why isn't he starting? When can he go back to starting? He he played this kind of waggy role. He's only started one game, but it felt like he was effective in the places where you put him. He, yeah, and he was effective. Traditional bulk, re- traditional bulk reliever. Yeah. Which. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Best rookie. I think we're gonna agree on this one too, because I think there's very little question. It's Willie Hernandez. Uh, excuse me, Willie Hernandez. <laughs> Willie Castro. Willie Castro. Yeah, he Willie. even got some run as a potential AL Rookie of the Year candidate. Yeah, which is uh, maybe a little bit beyond him. There was some good rookies in the AL, but he I mean, he had a very good year. I am very curious to see what he looks like over the course of 162 games. If yep. we get that next year, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been on him for a long time. I'm. Uh, I was thrilled to see his progress. I do still think there's some warning signs with him, but um, right, yeah, he was far and away our best, our best rookie this year. Well, they thought enough about him, where they didn't want to move him out of his short shortstop spot. Um, he only played 36 games, but he batted a cool 349. Yeah, the batting average on balls in play is a stark red flag. But okay. some guys are just high BABIP guys, and that. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's him. Um, shout out to Scooble. He's honorable mention there. Uh, yeah. All right. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise for me is honestly Jamer Candelario again, because okay. we we were at the cusp of saying this is a quad a guy he's gonna bounce around he's not showing us anything and i think that it was to me a big surprise that this season really cemented his value as a big league ball player regardless of what happens from here on out with jamer candelario the kid is going to get paid i mean he's always going to have a future in the big leagues or in baseball now because he put up this amazing stretch where he just looked like a stud. So uh, he, he made himself from a potential bounce around guy to a, to a, a surefire career 
baseball. Yeah, player. he's he's a bona fide big leaguer now. Yeah, I I don't. You said on the cusp of calling him a quad A guy. I was pretty yeah. sure. Like I I may might have crossed that edge. Um, but yeah, so my biggest surprise is Greg Soto. Uh, first game of the oh, year, yeah. he came in and he got two quick strikeouts and then hit somebody. And I'm like, I, I think I tweeted this out. Like, can we just be done with Gregory Soto? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude is yeah. terrible. You've heard this um, before, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> somehow he turned – obviously he, he faltered a little bit down the stretch, but he turned into a very valuable high-leverage reliever that – had as good of year as anyone out there, maybe bar Cisnero. Um, yeah. the, the strikeout his stuff with- just got seemed his stuff seemed to get better, high velocity stuff. And and he was always a stuff guy, too. Like the, the composure actually started to go with the stuff, yeah. And when you combine that with the stuff getting better, you know, you have a I know it was a 60 game sample size, and we should say, oh, he had a great season, which he did. Once again, I still think there are some red flags there, and I'm right. curious to see him over over the course of a full season too. Uh, biggest flop. Okay, so I thought about a couple of options. I thought about Joe Jimenez. I thought about Kristen Stewart. But finally, I landed on Matt Boyd. And the reason I chose Boyd was he was supposedly our ace, right? And I get that this was an outsized thing, but we held on to him to say, this is going to be the guy who's going to be the bridge to the future for us. We're going to keep him around. We don't want to trade him because he's going to carry some freight for us. And he's going to be in a battalion with the young guys. And this is what's going to get us through. And Matt Boyd had a tough time. He allowed the most home runs in the league for the second straight year. Not a great stand. Not great. A lot of hard hit balls and just this fluky stuff. With like the first and second hitters hitting bombs three times, three times. Isn't that right? You just, I know at least twice. I can't remember if it was anyway. I'm not willing to like write him off or anything like that. He's still a, a piece that you, want to have but to me he was this year's biggest flop i'd agree with that i have joe um don't please don't tell him that's the last thing i need i don't <laughs> He's need gonna that find smoke <laughs> um <laughs> joe ended the year well and I, I think that bodes well for for 2021 but um for a guy that was the future closer i i gotta tell you i don't see it at this point and All we right. just got done talking about the future closer and that's gregory soto um, or Matt Boyd or Brian Garcia. Joking. Yeah. Brian Garcia. Uh, best free agent signing, uh, scope best free agent signing. If they hadn't gotten injured a week into the yeah, season. Yeah. Crone. Oh, what? A week into the season. Are you talking Nova? <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope to never speak of Nova again. If, if at all possible, who got no, injured would... a week into the season. Crone lasted Crone, longer than yeah. that. He didn't okay. he play. It all it all runs together. It it was early on. It was maybe slight exaggeration. Okay, he did. He only played thirteen games. Okay, Crone. so two weeks. I'm not. Wasn't that off? You were. I thought he played longer than that because I was really impressed with Crone. I liked Crone. It was a heck of a two weeks. It was. Sounds like a lot of your high school relationships, doesn't it? All. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is this the last one? Uh, second to last one. Best <laughs> moment. 
Oh, to me, this is no question. Tyler Alexander's nine Ooh, consecutive strikeouts. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. It made me feel so excited. It made me feel alive watching this. Like something we were doing mattered. Because it, it took this... me back to that to that Fister game. Really, yeah. like I was. Yeah. I, I think I listened to both of them on the radio. So I kind of was having just straight up flashbacks. And that was back when we were good. And like you say, we mattered. It was yeah for that brief moment. Tigers baseball was going somewhere. And he almost had the tenth one too. A little better, little different calls going there. It could have happened, especially because it was against a lefty too. Like it was, it was made. It was there. It was there for him to have, but just for this like moment in time, just brilliance. It was. It was absolute brilliance. It was fun to watch. That was my favorite moment. Uh, I have the co-call-ups of Mize and Scooble um, as a prospect nerd. When I f- saw that they were finally coming up, that was okay. I don't know. Right. That was that was a cool moment. Uh, the debuts were not as cool of moments, but still, you know, finally got to see them. I remember looking online for a number twelve Casey Mize jersey tee, and I didn't buy one, but you know, I could have. <laughs> You, um, you intended yeah. to, and that's what matters. Yeah, definitely. All right, last one. Season grade. I gave them, and I feel like this is relatively generous, but a C. Okay, Ooh. we were the worst team in baseball last year, and now we're the third worst. We got a little better. There were some bright spots. I thought their free agent signings were pretty, pretty good um, if there wasn't so many injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Nova and Chrome both got hurt. Um, if you were to extrapolate, is that a word? Project? It sure is. Uh, their record, it would have been a 64 in a 98 record, which is a 16 game improvement over last year. Um, so a C, uh, you know, I, I think they, they could have done a lot better, but it wasn't a failing grade. Dang, I, I was maybe a little bit more generous than you. I went with a B. Um, like, the product on the field was not great, but it was exciting for most of the year. Um, and we, we figured some things out. Like, you know, I came into the season wanting to know, is Kristen Stewart a thing? Found out, no. nope, he's not. No. Is Jamer a thing? Found yes. out, yeah, he probably is. Um, we learned that Gregory Soto was a thing. We learned that Victor Reyes is a thing. We learned that Jorge Bonifacio, not. That one I pretty well knew going in um you know willie castro yes yeah i don't know i feel like no no i feel like we learned a lot this year and for 60 games what more can you do really like i i was i was fairly happy with the season outcome if not the season itself if that makes sense yeah and we still get the third pick in the draft we can have whichever hitter we want in the draft I think they're they're picking two pitchers to go first. So to have our choice of whatever hitter we want, you know, it's is a nice consolation prize, even though the season didn't go amazingly. But that's fine. All right, let's move on to instructional league. Um the goal is to play fifteen games against other teams, says general manager Al Avila. What is your goal from instructional league play? All I want is Riley Green news. Uh, you know, they picked Torkelson, Torkerson, and I, I don't even care. 
I don't, I don't want Spencer Torkelson. Give me Riley Green news. That's all I want. I'm so, uh, uh, yeah. It's maybe hyperbole, but he's going to be better than Mark Mike Trout. He's going to be so the best you told player me to ever. Put this in the outline so you yeah. can talk about Riley Green again. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I want to talk about Riley Green. I don't want anything besides Riley Green in my life. That's so a, good. That's a bold statement. Yeah. Just give me all the Riley Green. I am fanboying. Is that still a standing, as the kids say? <laughs> I stand. He stands. But there, there's uh, some other news like the Stela Cruz. Um, you know, there's other prospects who are kind of getting some work in. I find it kind of fascinating that they're doing this. Um, is there no? There's no Arizona Fall League then? Must be correct. They're just it was doing this instead with, with COVID. Yeah. Right. So, but they are going to play games against other teams. They are, they already have. Really? I thought yeah, this was played, just all inter squad games so far. They played one game against a different team, if I recall correctly. Okay. But um Does it are we learning anything? Is this telling us anything? Honestly, I think this is reps. I think that's all yeah. this is, which which is completely fine because none of these guys got any alls all summer. Well, not none of them. Most of them did. If they weren't on the summer. taxi squad, they weren't getting a lot of playing time. Yeah, which I'm I'm completely fine with. Um just just go out there. I don't I don't need honestly, I don't even really need to know what's happening. Just yeah. Have these guys working on yeah. what they need to work on. Torkelson did hit a monster bomb, I guess, and that was exciting. I, so I saw somewhere, um, and you know, a good broadcaster would know exactly who said it, but I don't. Um, that his swing reminds them a lot of Justin Upton's. How okay. do you respond to that? Oh, he's going to be fine then. <laughs> oh boy, not worried. All right, let's move on to your power ranking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Power rankings. Let me get my sheet. I we wrote, spent a I, lot of time yapping about the Tigers. That's probably the most we've yapped about the Tigers in a yeah. single episode in a long time. Well, good, because I'll just, you know, cruise through power rankings. Uh, All right. You know, judging by the decor on my porch and on our neighbor's porches, it is now fall. You know. <laughs> so so porch decor is how you tell the that's how you tell. seasons. That's okay. how you tell. Yeah. And because of the porch decor, I've been, you know, sensing the weather and it is getting cooler here in Michigan. And with cooler weather, you want warm foods. This is this is the time for soup. This is soup season. This is soup season. We had soup last night. I made for dinner a semi homemade chicken noodle soup. 
how is it semi-homemade? I'm, I'm like, curious and then about I didn't make the broth from scratch. I like just bought a box of broth to have with my chicken noodle soup, but All I didn't right, open enough. a can to make it. Like I, it's so you, you know, like chopped up the vegetables. Yeah, and okay. like I cooked chicken breasts. You know, I'm not. All right, I can I can see how then how that is semi-homemade. So yeah. carry on. Okay, because otherwise, the one recipe I looked at was like, put a roaster chicken with some water in a pot. I'm like, no, I'm going to buy some broth. <laughs> Not a caveman. Okay. You are answering boxes, but yeah. I mean, other than that, not a Don't caveman. tell me what to do, box. <laughs> right. so, um, so I have for you the top seven and bottom three soups. All right. It's fall. It's good. All right. Number seven, we discussed it, is chicken noodle. It's a perfectly inoffensive soup. It's got some nice warmth. It's, it's a nostalgic food. You know, it's, it's known for its healing properties. It's fine. It's chicken noodle soup. Are you yeah. okay with that? I'm, I'm, okay. I'm surprised it's not a little higher being that it's such a classic, but yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. Number six is beef stew. I want a hearty beef stew with like chunks of kind of roasty beef and carrots and a little thick. It's kind of sticks to your ribs. Beef Potatoes. stew. Potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Number five is broccoli cheddar. Okay. I like now the broccoli cheddar. Yeah. You like that? You like yeah, broccoli? Yeah. You like that, don't you? It's, uh, it's kind of indulgent, creamy. It's got enough greenery in there to like make you think it's a little bit healthy. It's yeah, it just absolutely a, isn't, but that's it's not just to break up the is. cheese. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number four, I have clam chowder. Mm. I like it. I like a decent clam chowder. You know, I like the consistency of it. You get those little morsels of clam or whatever they, you know, whatever they're putting in there that they're calling clam. That's Do fine. you want to used to like clam? Hear a story that will make you used to like clam chowder soup. Sure, uh, try me. I am violently allergic to clam to clams. Oh, so uh, I ate clam chowder soup and hurled it up like violently for the next hour and was sick. Over, I guess I can I can see how this wouldn't make you dislike clam chowder. But it's safe to say Maybe. that I will never have clam chowder again. It's not in your top seven. It is not. Okay. Uh, number three is a very seasonal choice here. And this is like the butternut squash soup. It's kind of a blended butternut squash bisque kind of thing. It's creamy. It's sweet. It's... If you go to a really like fancy restaurant or a nice place, I had their, their butternut squash. And it's amazing. Do you also get like your your pumpkin spice lattes on your way to yoga um, with your scarf on? Yes. <laughs> Don't judge me. I, I uh, number dream two, of it. number two is French onion. Now, French onion has probably the widest spread of goodness. Like you could have a really cruddy French onion soup and you'd be like, Eric, why is this on the list? But if you have a really good French onion soup with the, with the cheese and the bread on top that's baked and like the good kind of good savory onion, I mean, it's tough to beat if you have a good one. So French You're a big onion, onion guy, aren't you? Too. What? You're a big onion guy, aren't you? I, li I like onions. Vile, vile. 
Stop it. Uh, number one, you got a guess? Um, tomato soup? That's the only other soup I can think of. Uh, chili. Chili. Chili's not a soup. What is it then? I don't know. It's like chili. it's like yogurt. Nobody knows what it really is. Chili is a soup. It Although I gave you stew, so I guess I can't take chili away. Like if you looked on the menu of a restaurant under soups, would you find chili sometimes? Of course. Probably. Yeah. Why are you looking at the soup bit on the menu? Don't eat that. <laughs> go to the go to the chicken part. Okay, chili is good. I like it with I don't know. You can have it with anything. But I like it with a little cheese and sour cream on top. A little bit of indulgence. You like it's beans a perfect, in it? Yeah, I like beans in it. I've read somewhere that real chili doesn't have beans in it. Is that true? Like the way it was originally made? Who cares? You know, baseball used to be played without gloves on. Now we wear gloves because we're civilized when we play baseball. That's just how that things be really change. interesting if we went back to that. You can hit the base runners with the ball. Might be, Ooh, might be good. Dodgeball style. Yeah. So I'd be in on runners. that. Yeah. Chili, <laughs> chili is the perfect winter food. It's rich and meaty and hot, and it's wonderful chili. Do you like chili on hot dogs? Because, well, that's the thing. Like, you have to go no bean chili if you're going to, like, put it on something like a hot dog. But normally, like, eating beans chili guy, has so. beans. Yeah. That's but, a, yeah, yeah beans I mean, are kind of an adult thing. That's true. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, seek out chili on a hot dog. But if it was, I wouldn't okay. have an issue with that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Bottom three. Here we go. Third from the bottom is chicken corn chowder. It's kind of popular, but I don't want corn. I, corn shouldn't be with the chick. I just didn't feel it. If I'm, if I'm eating chowder, I just want clam chowder. That's interesting. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had chicken corn chowder. It's very famous. I'm, and There's based a, on that, I'm not going to try it. There was a restaurant downtown Holland that was famous for chicken corn chowder. Is it Russ's? No, it was not Russ's. Is it Mr. Burger? Is that, was that what it is? Mr. Burger is good, but it wasn't. It was the A Street Grill, but they're not around anymore. But they had good chicken R corn. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. A Street Grill with the boomerang burger. Okay. Uh, number two, speaking of Dutch things, is pea soup. Pea soup is a very Dutch thing. Um, horrible. It's made with ham, like a ham bone. And then you boil it or cook it with peas. And then you kind of blend it. And it's pea soup with chunks of ham. It's a very Dutch thing. It's if you have good homemade pea soup, it's not too bad. But the 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 color and the consistency of it looks awful. Yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. No. The number one worst soup is you have a guess. The only other soup I got is tomato, so I'm no. gonna recycle oh, that right. one. The number one worst soup is gumbo. Gumbo. Let me tell you a story. One time I was with some Southerners and they were going to make homemade gumbo and they are pumping this up. They are building it up. And they're talking about how they have to de-vein the shrimp. And they're explaining that de-veining is not the, the veins aren't veins. They're the entrails of the shrimp. Yeah, so it's basically, like poop, right? Yeah. They're taking the shrimp poop out and then they're going to put it in this. I am out from this moment on. No shot. Yeah. So, the, so they de-vein the shrimp and they're putting the shrimp in. But this thing is gumbo. They they start with this like roux, you know, and it's it makes this funny kind of consistency. And there's the shrimp, and it just does not work for me. It looks like sludge, and I just do not want your seafood gumbo, Southerners. 
Brother of the soup, pea soup. Stop it with gumbo. That's power rankings. All right. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. So I've actually seen a couple of things on the side of the road yeah. while running. Um, the first thing I saw, this is actually in like my neighborhood. I don't live in like a proper neighborhood. It's, you know, kind of like a grid, if you will. But within, you know, a couple blocks of my house. The Hall Extended Universe. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Cinematic universe. Um, yeah. So garage door was open on this house. And I look in and there is a giant, I don't even know how to like, uh, almost like a fat head on the wall. Okay. But it's just a Santa face. Like Mark a, this down. This is the middle of October. There is no acceptable reason for a Santa fathead anywhere, specifically in the garage. Just I'm assuming looking out on their being. Yeah, it's he, curious. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're <laughs> awake. He He's looking. Watching you. Even uh, on the other one is I saw some legit spinner rims, which it's been wow it's been a hot minutes since I've seen those. Wow! It was a lime green car with with spinner rims, so that was were they rocking like a um, razor flip phone too with this? <laughs> I, I can't speak to to their their uh, mobile playing the the thong song maybe by Cisco Nelly's grills, yeah. So that was that was the extent of the experience. I saw it drive by. It you know I was running and it was going car speed, so our interaction was brief, as you might imagine. With the with the spinner rims, is the idea like once it stops, it still looks like going keeps going. Fast. Yeah, yeah, it's a good look. It's oh. a it's a look. I should put some on my minivan. You for sure hot. should. Yeah. Under lighting, I feel like that's a thing that goes with it. Like you get that little halo of did go with it no, I don't. <laughs> oh man all right we're running very long so let's speed yeah. through some tw- twitter questions and we'll get out of here hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. am i in charge of the twitter questions yet you are always in charge of the twitter questions <sighs> at this point okay here we go spooky nick holla holla 23 asks holla holla could we get something close to prime miggy next year Nope. Nope. No, I'm uh he's gone. I don't I don't mean to be short here, but we are never getting like this what we got this year from Mickey is as good as it could possibly get from here on out. Yeah. And it wasn't that great. But um here's the thing. Dude was a legend. He ha- you know, he has his faults. Um yes. but he has been a great player for this team for a very long time. We yep. don't need him to, you know, be triple crown Miggy to appreciate what he's done for this team. Let's Let's enjoy what we have. I'm going to be fascinated to watch his declining investment in the that, that teammates and others. Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because with COVID, he had to do, he did like one interview all year. He had to do nothing. I guarantee you, he's talking to like three or four guys in the clubhouse who are like his bros, and nobody else dares talk to him. I guarantee. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Evan underscore 1995 zero asks is Kristen Stewart the new Stephen Moya yes yeah I I feel Good like even Evan. even as he was coming up and we said I don't want to compare him to Stephen Moya in the back of my head I was thinking this Stephen dude is Moya. Stephen Moya um and that turned out to be very accurate would you be stunned if Kristen Stewart went to go to Asia to play for a couple of years 
Uh, no, I would no, not. I would not. I would be far more stunned if he went to a different team and actually salvaged something of a career. Uh, and I, he's he seems like a great dude. Like I, I want that for him. Yeah, but yeah. I don't see it. But he's always been a one-tool player, and when you don't have that tool, it's pretty tough. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, Evan, the same Evan asks: Should the Tigers replace Alavilla as general manager with Jeff Lunau? Lunau, Lunau. I'm assuming that was the uh, Astros yeah. GM. Yeah, um, yeah. The disgraced sir? former Astro. Just bring bring him and Hinch back in together, and just say, you know, you did your time. Here's the keys. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I knew the intricacies of his his reign there. Um, but it won a World Series, so I mean. Right. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Brightside at CSLAW88 asks, thoughts on the etiquette of hitting line drives up the middle in slow pitch softball? You okay with hitting screamers back at the pitcher? Or does courtesy dictate you have to avoid that at all costs? I mean, courtesy would say avoid it if you can, but not everybody is good enough to know where they're going to hit the ball hard. Like, I certainly am not good enough to know that. If you are a stud softball player and you have the ability to do that, you shouldn't. And if you can't and you accidentally do, somebody shouldn't be bent out of shape at you. We had that on our softball team one time. One of our guys hit a screamer right back up the pitcher and we were down by like 12 runs or something like that. And the, one of the bros on the other teams, what do you think you're doing? And we're like, Hey, you think if we could do this and we could actually hit, we we wouldn't have been doing this before. So yeah, I I feel like I'm not the type that rails on toxic masculinity, but there is nowhere on earth that that phrase is more accurate than slow pitch softball. That's, it is true. Problematic in 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 many instances has made me not want to continue to play. Perspective is sometimes lacking. It is. And also, it always happens at night. And when it's nighttime, I want to be at home and in bed. So that's that's my other big beef with, with slow pitch softball. Yeah. Uh, Mitch from Michigan asks, you've got a chair open at your Thanksgiving table. Um, what Pastor Current Tiger do you invite and what, what dish are they bringing? Ooh. I haven't really pre-penciled this. The, you, I feel like Leland is the one that you want for stories. I don't know what he's. I mean, he's just bringing cigs, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a carton of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> I mean, there's there's other guys that I think would be fun, but I mean, if I'm getting the chance to listen to somebody yap for three hours, it doesn't really get any better than that, dude. I, I think that's right. I mean, it's the depth of uh, knowledge and experience. Yeah, that's a good choice. Plus, I don't think he'd get overly political, which is all you want out of Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, you don't want to fight that battle. We're all fatigued yeah. with that. Don't do that yeah. at Thanksgiving. And, and I don't think he's I don't think he's the type that goes that direction. Right. Uh Emerson Biggins at Tim of the North asks, follow-up question. Oh, this is the back to the softball. Is the pitcher wearing a helmet slash cage? Does that in fact mean the middle is open? He's got a lot of questions about this hitting the softball at the middle situation. I don't have an issue with that. Dude's just trying to protect the moneymaker. I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. Sorry, Tim in the North. Um, Mitch from Michigan. This is like double dipping questions this week. A lot of um, greedy question askers tonight. Very greedy. Does a single tear fall from your eye? 
the sun shine on your face and a dove land on your shoulder. When you remember that time, Creed sang higher during the halftime show from the Cowboys Thanksgiving game in 2001. It's a, you painted a beautiful picture for us, Mitch. But uh, do you remember Creed singing the halftime show? I do not. No, I, I do remember Nickelback, like maybe doing the halftime show, I don't know, within the last 10 years. And I remember looking on Twitter and them just being absolutely roasted, as you'd imagine, <laughs> from Nickelback. Right. Yeah, Thanksgiving's weird that they like try to pageant it up a little. It's just like a third. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, weird we're we're all watching it. It's Thanksgiving football. You don't have to do anything special. Yeah. Uh, Tim in the North again, very greedy with the questions. Um, what are your thoughts on daylight savings time? I personally hate the change. I hate changing. <laughs> I. I feel like, why is it necessary? Like, let's just live our lives. Doesn't I, I Indiana have different time? I guess I'm about to find out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was like the one place that didn't change or something like There's something goofy that, about Indiana time. That would not learn. surprise me. We are yeah. research different, different down here. That's for sure. Uh, Tim in the North, again, with the Thanksgiving questions. Uh, you're, you're limited to four items on your plate for Thanksgiving. Uh, All right. For, first thing is going to be uh, the potatoes. Big, big potato guy. Okay. Um, whatever, whatever form corn is in, I want that. Okay. Um, really? That's a yeah. bad choice. You're, you're not a big corn guy. I'm, I'm learning not, tonight. Corn. If there's any sort of like cheese and noodles, cheese and potatoes, anything like that, that's obviously going on there. Yeah, mac um, and cheese. I feel like is a growing Thanksgiving thing. As it should be. It should be with every meal. I'm I'm cool with okay. that. Um I guess turkey, turkey is a f- I'm 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 not a big turkey guy. Uh, I know you obviously are because eating it helps to solve your outside problems. Um all right, go ahead. Uh I want stuffing. Stuffing oh, is stuffing. my favorite. Yeah, give me stuffing over turkey any day. Yeah. Stuffing is my very favorite. Then I want uh turkey, but I want dark meat turkey, like a th- leg or something. So a very specific turkey eater. Yes. Um, then I want potatoes. I'm with you. Uh, and then I want um, some kind of green vegetable. I want Brussels sprouts. Oh, what a what weirdo. I'm surprised you didn't go for, for uh, what's the red crap? Cran- the cranberry sauce? The red crap, sir, is called yeah. cranberry sauce. And it's delicious. I'm very surprised that that wasn't your go-to. You're a little <laughs> and- deviant like that. And dessert, I want apple pie. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Troya asks, who would you guys hire as the new manager, provided the GM was actually competent? <laughs> Seems a little passive aggressive there, Jay Troy. Uh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it'd probably be AJ for me. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I think... I don't know. I would probably say Lombard or Griffal, probably. All right. One of those two guys. I have to learn more about that. I feel like there should be a candidate out there with a combination of experience, sabermetrics, um, and just fortitude to do this job, you know, without doing somebody who's just been retreaded. But I, I, I don't know. To there be fair, be. from his first job, AJ did win a World Series, so it's not – 
and he was released for other reasons. It's not like yeah, okay. he was retreaded in the way that we got retreaded. Yeah, that's with true. Ron Gardenhire. Yeah, right. Yeah, I gotcha. But anyway. Um, let's see. Oh, this is kind of an interesting question from Jacob Skronik. You've been tasked with expanding the game of baseball into foreign markets, Europe primarily. What steps do you take to make the game attractive to new audiences and old audiences alike? I think that the big thing here is that, and I basically know this because I consume way more British content than I do American content. Um, they just don't really know much about the game. I think yes. I would start with education. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is, let's be honest, baseball is an acquired taste. Like, unless you know the idiosyncrasies of the game and some of the, some of the things that make it interesting, I can yeah. see how people would think it's boring. I, I personally yeah. don't, but you know, I watch for location on, you know, all the, all that kind of, you know, the, the stuff that like people don't understand about soccer. Like there's little bits that go into it that, that make it interesting. Unless we explain that to people, they're not going to know it. Right. And therefore they're not going to pick up the game. I think one of the most exciting and interesting parts of baseball is there's so much depth that you can explore in the game at a very high level. It's, you know, how the guys are moving around and what the score is. And then you have some strategy stuff and then you have pitching philosophy and then you have the spin on one given pitch i mean there's just all this depth you know what i think it's fascinating is people are not opposed to a lot of information or complexity like you show kid you you teach kids about pokemon and you know they can rattle off hundreds of pokemon and their facts about it but it's fascinating because there's a lot of depth to to what it is and i think europeans are 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 poised at least a segment is poised to be interested in this kind of stuff because there's a never ending well of of things to to draw from so i'd play up on that a little bit maybe and it's not um, like european soccer isn't very complex like there's a lot of depth there too like, yeah clearly there there is a, an appetite for that yeah i i completely agree so maybe it'd be like one page infographics about what's going on in major league baseball something that's easy to see but gives you some kind of interesting things like you know here are the leaders in this category or here's some things that they're thinking about just like in social media real bite-sized things that people can say you know i'm trying to think about my experience getting into soccer and you had to kind of hunt for the information, like, how does this work? I, I think, like you say, just simple, not pandering, but simple educational things that help people as a portal to get into some of the nuances of the game. Yeah, completely agree. And also just the basic marketing of players that baseball does so poorly. Right. You know, having some of those big, you know, Mike, Mike Trout, probably the best player ever. Yes. You know, he could walk through many American cities, let alone, you know, European cities and go completely unnoticed. Yeah. Um, let's see. Bill Offer says, I think Don Kelly returns to manage the Detroit, manage Detroit and turns the Tigers into contenders would be the best, best story and a hell of a lot of fun. It, it would it be would a be great fun. story. I mean, we'd end up with the guy that we all like and a team that's winning. I'm, I would be very in favor of that story. Ben Decker asks, who's the best candidate for the Tigers managerial position? We've kind of done that. Yeah. 
Um, that's it. That's that's Twitter questions. A lot of re, you know, a lot of repeat customers. A lot of greed in the Twitter questions. To be fair, you are in charge of what questions get read out. So if you were concerned about the greed, there was steps you could have taken to mitigate that. I'm a, I'm a servant of the people. All. I'm a giver. Oh boy. If you want to equal opportunity. That, that's that's very nice of you. You're very magnanimous. Very. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall 23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain. The show is at podcast. Yanos. And as always leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to the show on Eric, hard to know when we'll be back in the studio, so to speak. Um, But until then, I hope you enjoy the world series. I hope things calm down for you at the homestead and beyond. And yeah. So yeah, I'm putting on those, uh, you know, hibernation pounds for a long winter's nap it's gonna be so good we'll we'll we'll, we'll see when the song of the turtle comes it'll be good maybe, maybe we'll do a show when when the new manager gets announced how about yeah that, that could be fun unless it's too soon from now because then we might take a few weeks yeah or unless it's lloyd then we're not even gonna bother yeah we might just we might just shut it down if it's lloyd <laughs> i agree <laughs> oh boy uh anything else to say before we get out of here uh have some soup it's warm it'll nourish your your mind, body, and soul. Mm. And put croutons in it. If you're not eating soup with croutons in it, you're not doing soup right. All right. <laughs> I don't know that I've even heard of that one. Oh, you don't crouton your soup? No. I'm familiar with like oyster crackers or goldfish crackers in it, but. Croutons. Croutons. All right. croutons. There you there. have it. You're welcome, friends. And with that being said, we will catch you guys at some point in the future. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.